So, Lord, we just pray for Matthew this morning. Lord, that unction in his belly that he's carrying from you will be released this morning. Lord, that it, a living word coming forth. We just bless him this morning as a son of river life, Lord. Um, we bless him and say, have your way. Let your kingdom erupt, break through this morning through Matthew. Bless him in Jesus' name. You want this? All right, you going to give me the mic? <laughs> Probably don't need it. I don't know what's in my belly this morning, but let's hope it's unction. So, uh, all right, um, the, who, who in here is fighting cancer, though, or maybe you want to stand in for somebody in your family or whatever? Anybody? You guys just stand up real quick. I just feel like the Lord's healing cancer right now. Right now, Father, we thank you for what you've done here, God. We just stand right now. We release the kingdom of heaven to come upon these, Lord. Standing in for loved ones or friends right now, God. Holy Spirit, just come on them where they're at. Lord, there's somebody uh, even as critical as in the hospital right now. God, we thank you. Come and destroy every cancer cell in that body, Lord. Every cancer cell, we command it to be removed in Jesus' name. Let your presence just come upon them. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You guys are good? I want you to expect the unexpected. Okay? Because you kind of always do that every time you come to River Life anyway, right? You expect the unexpected because... Uh, Somebody mentioned, I think it was Steve, seeing with the eyes of your heart today, and you know, that's what the Christian life is all about, really, is seeing with the eyes of your heart. And uh, what I see is God bringing us into more encounters with Him. And I looked up the word encounter, and you know what it means? It's an unexpected experience or meeting. An unexpected experience or meeting. So I'm going to do a something a little bit different this morning. I'm going to talk about three encounters in the Scripture, and then after each one, I'm going to have you stand up if you want that, and we're going to pray into it. Okay, because I believe many are having encounters with the Lord right here in worship this morning. Let's just keep it going. And uh, if you're not, you will. If you don't feel anything, that's okay. It's by faith. And even this week in the prayer room or in your, at home, God is going to visit you unexpectedly. And uh, this week, or in the past couple of weeks, I've been um, in, my, in Judah's seventh grade history class in world history. We've been studying the time period about 500 years ago. And there was this guy, this young man, he's 24 years old. And uh, his dad was a coppersmith, kind of grew up poor and, you know, not of great means. So as most fathers do, he had a dream for his son to, to do something a little bit more like in the field of law. So this young man went off to Erfurt, Germany to study law. And uh, while on his way to or from, I can't remember, he was uh, riding his horse, got caught in a thunderstorm. And the legend goes that he either got hit by lightning or the lightning struck close. But in any case... Um, I'm not sure if it was an angelic visitation or he just got uh, hell scared out of him, but he, uh, he got up from that, in, that near lightning strike and said, that's it, I'm not going to be a lawyer anymore, I'm going to be a monk. You know? <laughs> yeah. So he took that vow of poverty and, of course, 
That was Martin Luther. And he ends up in this monastery where he had this, his greatest fear that just haunted him day in and day out is, will I ever be pleasing to God? I don't think I could ever be pleasing to God. So he poured his whole life into these monastic practices of self-torture and trying to share in the sufferings of Christ as closely as he could. He, one story goes, he even spent the night out in the snow with no coat or blanket voluntarily just to see if he could be pleasing to God enough. But an interesting twist of events, in studying the Scripture, he read in the book of Romans where it says, and the just shall live by faith. And he realized, wait a second, it's not what they always told me that it was. I don't have to do anything to be pleasing to my Father. I am pleasing to my Father. Just like Abraham, I believe and it's credited to me as righteous. And it started a revolution, right? It started the Protestant Reformation. And none of us would be sitting here this morning if it wasn't for that strange course of events that started with that courageous young man, Martin Luther. I don't know if that was a God encounter where that lightning almost struck him, but God sure used that as an encounter to bring him a true encounter with the Word. And I believe the living Word. And that's what the Lord wants to do this morning, is bring you and I into encounters with the Word. We're going deeper and deeper in the Word. You know, as Bill Johnson says, any revelation that doesn't lead you to an encounter only serves to make you more religious. You know, so I know that the true Word is, is encountering us on a daily basis. To not be religious, but to have a true relationship. To be caught up, to be enraptured in His love. and uh, Sorry, my mouth's a little dry this morning for some reason. Um, Amy and Angel were praying for me, and I just felt so enraptured by the love of God that there is a diamond, there is a pearl being formed in all of us. Man, life can really come after you sometimes, can it? <laughs> but the diamond we're left holding is Him. And, uh, you know, Friday night was one of those, Sarah and I came into worship, after getting some really um, hard news about a situation that was just really frustrating. and Have you ever come to church and you just really didn't feel like being there? You know, just, you really wanted to walk out. You really just, not because anybody, just, you know, life, something in life. And that was Friday night. But, but we were talking last night that as we just pressed in to the beauty of who He is, it was such a marvelous encounter with the Lord. It was such a fresh experience and just a baptism of His love. And I pray that that would be your encounter this morning. That as we pray and as we press in, that you would come deeper and deeper to the knowledge of Him. You know, I was just thinking that encounters with a living God change everything. Whether it's Abram, I mean, an unexpected event. Do you think Abram expected for those things to happen? I don't know. It was kind of unexpected, wasn't it? Whether it's Saul on the road to Damascus, or Jacob wrestling with God, or Ezekiel and Daniel and Jeremiah and on and on. The unexpected times where God just kisses us with His love and overshadows us with His power. 
They're monumental events that completely alter and transform who we were. And I just want to say this. Many of you have had major moments like that in the past. And I want you right now to just reflect back on those things. I want you to just think back right now to the time. Maybe it was when you got born again. That was major for me. Maybe it was 2006 through 2008 or 9 in this church where we spent a lot of time on the carpet, you know. (laughs) Think back to those times in your life where God was inviting you into something because I'm here to tell you this morning that's reality. That's who you really are. That's the truth of who you really are. We know all these patriarchs, all these men and women, they doubted. You know, they went life press them in. We can even see that in Paul's life. But they never forgot. They went back to who they really were through those encounters. So let's take a look here. Let's start in John 8, a really interesting story. That um, There's a lot to this, but I just want to hit it briefly. The first thing is encounters with God will release you into your true identity and free you from fear. Release you into your true identity and free you from fear. And it says, now early in the morning, he came again into the temple, 8-2, and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them, Jesus, of course. And then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down, wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And uh, as I was reading that, I was thinking about the story of the Scarlet Letter. You remember Hester Prynne, you know, and she's in this Puritan culture. She's forced to wear an A uh, to show everyone that she's been an adulterer, an adulteress. And so you hear, see like a Hester Prynne character here in Jesus' um, encounter with her. But she encounters the living God. And also as I read that, I just can't help feel the fear that must have been in her heart as she's literally facing an angry mob of men who wish nothing but her death. And here comes the living God and looks her in the eye face to face. And when she saw the the face of God, she could see who she really was. She saw her true identity. She saw, wait a second, An adulteress may be what I've done, but it's not who I am. I'm not a sinner. I'm a daughter of God. And that's what Jesus released into her life 
It's more than just their words. It's the spiritual truth that he released through himself into her life. And she saw her true identity and she said, you know, you just sense at the end of the story that when Jesus says, go and sin no more, that's just a done deal. Like, oh, I now know who I am. Because an encounter with a living God releases your true identity. And maybe you're here this morning and you don't really know who you are. There might be somebody here who's never really had a born-again experience with Jesus, who's never really had an encounter with Jesus, period. You could have gone to church all your life, but you've never really had an encounter where you knew that you knew who you were. You knew that He had covered all your sins. I just want to invite you this morning to just take a minute and change your mind. Just realize that He paid it all for you. And right now you can stand boldly and you can receive that forgiveness, the same forgiveness that He gave to this adulterous woman. He's given to all of us in that church. He's given to each one of us. Now the other thing is, is overcoming fear. How many people just really battle with fear? Maybe not fear in this sense, but just a fear of the future, a fear of failure, a fear that comes from a lack of identity. I just want to give you an opportunity right now to just let the love of God come because this other verse, 1 John, you know, the same guy wrote that, wrote that encounter with the adulterous woman also wrote this about God in his letter. Love has been perfected among us in this, 1 John four seventeen, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Amen. I'll never forget when I was 19. I was just, I had just really put myself through some things and they come on under tremendous demonic torment. And after one week of not sleeping, can you imagine that? Has anybody ever had to stay up all night? What about two nights? It's on the seventh day. That'd be enough to kill you, wouldn't it? <laughs> had not slept a wink. Been to numerous psychiatrists and visited a mental institution. Thank God I didn't end up there. And I encountered the living Jesus in my bedroom, after crying out, Lord, just give me peace. I just want peace in my mind. And uh, I gave my life to Jesus. I went out and told my parents, the Lord said through Matthew 3, to baptize, for them to baptize me in their swimming pool. So I went out to the pool, and a miracle happened. As soon as I came up out of the water, everything was gone. That had been haunting my mind. I went to sleep, slept like a baby. I was completely delivered, completely healed. Even a dove flew over the pool, like one of those turtle doves. I mean, my mom can tell you, it's an amazing miracle. You know, the symbol of peace. That's what I've been praying for. And I'm just telling you here this morning, somebody needs to hear this. I don't know why I'm sharing this. Most of you who have sat here for years have heard this story numerous times. But I just want to give you an opportunity, if that's you, just to stand up right now.
just to be bold here in this church, a bunch of people that love you. If you just need to stand up and say, you know what? I want to encounter Jesus for the first time. Just give you that opportunity. And uh, so you're not the only one standing. If anybody needs to stand and encounter Jesus in terms of your identity, you say, I just don't really know who I am. I just don't really know. I've never heard what the Father says for me. Just stand up boldly where you're at, and we're just going to pray as a, as a congregation together. You guys ready? Jesus, mm. you're such a good friend. You're such a good friend. You're the love of our souls. You've done so much for us, God. I just ask you to just come reveal yourself. Reveal your heart right now. To those sitting and standing, reveal yourself, God. Show them a picture of who they are. Show them a picture of who they are completely in your love, God. The love that never fails. Let it just overshadow those this morning, God. Let it overshadow them, God, with your peace, your presence, Lord. Enrapture their heart today, God. (laughs) Such a beautiful thing, Lord, when you show us who you are, God. Thank you, Lord. Change all of our minds, God. Change the way that we think, God, so that we can see the kingdom. Lord, let us be like little children so that we can see the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bless you guys for standing. God's doing some special things in our lives. Now here's a bold one. Encounters with God will break off the chains of religion and bring you into the wide open spaces of God's grace. (coughs) Break off the chains of religion. Bring you into the wide open spaces of God's grace. Long time into Paul's journey, he stood before this ruler. And here's just a glimpse for the sake of time. And what he said that happened to him this is Acts twenty six twelve. He said, While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. You know, and Paul said he was a Pharisee of the best kind, a Pharisee of Pharisees. And, you know, the Pharisees originated really out of a good desire to serve God in a time between the New and Old Testaments, during the 400 years, when the Greeks had come in and tried to completely just paganize Jerusalem. 
So the Pharisees were really a sect that rose up during that time to really try to kind of overreact, if you will, try to swing the scales the other way. So, uh, and, and so they created all these traditions and all these rules and all these laws that obviously from Jesus' confrontation with them was not God. So, but I believe Paul really had a, he, he started out with a good heart, wanting to please God, almost like Martin Luther, you know, in a sense, wanting to please God and bring a reformation. Of course, hundreds of years before Martin, but bring a reformation. But yet, it led him to murder. You know, it led him to killing Christians, but he felt right. He felt justified. He felt like this is what the law had required. Well, obviously, religion in our hearts is not carrying things to that extent. You know, (laughs) yet. (laughs) But I've realized something, even in my own life, is there's these things that rise themselves up that stand against the gospel of grace in my life that need to be destroyed. Amen? So if that's you, if you just want God to bring you into an encounter with His grace today, just stand up and let's just pray into that. I'll just say this is just Encounter Sunday. Encounter Sunday. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You came to lead us into all truth. So right now, we just break off every religious spirit that would try to stand in the way in our minds, in our hearts, that would try to stand in the way of the truth and the life. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we just pull on heaven for the grace of God to be released. Lord, for we're not saved by the law, we're not justified by the law, and we're not sanctified by the law. But only through your grace, Lord, have we been redeemed, made righteous, and and made holy in your sight, God. We just receive that, Lord, in any pattern of thinking, any way of, of knowing or doing things, Lord. We just break it off right now. We ask you to just bring us into complete and total freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We just say, welcome, Spirit. Just say that, welcome, Spirit. Welcome, Spirit, in my mind, soul, and body. Welcome, Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Here's the last one. This is really good. Isaiah 6. Anybody like Isaiah? Or as Marlon says, Isaiah. Isaiah, that's the right way to say it. It's the the African pronunciation. I think a lot of cultures pronounce it that way. Byron said they ain't right. (laughs) There's that spirit of religion again. (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) You guys know this one. And the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. Boy, I mean, Isaiah had an encounter. He saw something. He had this open vision or a vision on his heart. I don't know. He saw this vision. He saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Oh, yeah. There's some juice on this one. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. 
with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. Can you imagine that's you? So he said, so I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? For us, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who's going to go for us? Well, he didn't feel qualified prior to this because he's like, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. But God changed his identity because he took the coal and he, he said, here I am, send me. He took the coal, he touched his lips, he said, now this is who you are. Now you can go. You can be a prophet to the nations, right? So Isaiah, through his encounter with God, received a call to ministry. He received a call. I've got to tell you this story. I'll never forget this. When I was encouraging you to remember those times where God touched you or encounters with the Lord, one of the, the one I was thinking about was uh, one night here. Well, it was before we turned the, the room, so it was right about over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> where the drum shack used to be. Right around here. Um, Judy Ball, she was releasing some fire. You guys remember that? I mean, I know that's unusual for Judy to release fire. She, she doesn't normally do stuff like that. No, just, but uh, yeah, there you are. There you are. Judy was praying, and um, I don't remember all that she was praying for, but what she prayed for me was for a healing anointing. And she said, I want to give to you an anointing I got from Carlos Anacondia, the great, you remember that? <laughs> the great Argentine evangelist. Um, and... So, I mean, that would be that was awesome. But what happened was, I think I had my hands out, and she just touched my hands. And when she did, I just hit the floor. And as I was on the floor, similar to Isaiah's experience, I felt like the Lord came and put a fiery coal in my hand. In fact, you know how your memory is. Well, it's still there, but... Uh, I can even, like when I do like this right now, I can still feel it. I can just feel that. It was like he put a fiery coal in my hand. It's about the size of a softball, okay? And he said, this fiery coal is for healing. I'm going to heal many through your hands for the glory of my name. And so from that point on, every time I pray for the sick, I just put that hand on them in faith. You know, I may not always feel like a literal sensation, but I just know spiritually the truth of Isaiah 6 and the truth of what the Lord was wanting to do. So it's just an example of an illustration of an encounter with God that equips you for ministry. And when I say ministry, I'm not just talking about full-time or pastor, whatever. I'm just talking ministry in your life in general. 
we see the biblical precedence for that, right? It happens to everybody generally in the Scripture. They come into an encounter with Jesus. God does something and it shifts. There's a shift in them. It really brings out the real you. You're really that person, but it brings that out, the spiritual you. Okay? So I just want to invite you to stand right now and just re- receive uh, whether, I, whatever God wants to do. A fiery coal, uh, whatever. Just an anointing for ministry on your life. Because how many believe that we live in an hour where we need power encounters? And even more than that, we need um, to bring other people into a power encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. That that might be set free. So right now, just hold your hand out. Right now, Holy Spirit, just release it. Release it. Just release it. Yeah, just release it more. (laughs) More Holy Spirit. We desire to go. Lord, send us. Send us, God. Send us as the prophet, as the preacher, as the evangelist, as the, as the apostle, God, in every way, God, as the giver, as the one who brings mercy, God. Lord, send us as the administrator, Lord. Send us, God, to use what you've given us, God. Send us, God. Lord, release your fire in this place, God. Touch our hands, our lips, our head, every part of us, God. Let those fiery coals just fall into us, God. Be a part of us. Consume us. Saturate us, God. Mm. <laughs> mm. Just receive it by faith. It's just a faith act. Just receiving it by faith. Just say, yes, Lord. Woo! Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, just do more, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jacob, can you come back up here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We just worship you. I just feel like the Lord's not done yet with this. Just receive right now. It's just in time to just relax, just encounter the Lord right now. I do feel like depression's being broken off right now. You know, probably the biggest health epidemic we have in America is depression and bipolar and mental illnesses and all that. And I just feel, I felt recently the compassion of the Lord want to just come and just rewire the chemical makeups and deliver from oppression right now. If that's you or a family member, just receive that right now. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that you brought freedom. You brought freedom. Thank you, Lord. So let's just worship the Lord one more time as we get ready to close here. And I want you to just stay in this place. Don't go anywhere. Just stay in this place in your spirit. And let the Lord just continue to commission you for the ministry which He's called. There's some people here who are going full blaze ahead. I mean, just great guns. And you kind of let off. You kind of, you know, life's kind of hemmed you in. Just shake that off. Just don't let that stop you today. 
Let the Holy Spirit just return you to that place that He called you to. That place of victory. That place of, of, uh, of, of trailblazing in the kingdom. So we just say more, Lord. More, Lord. We just desire so much more of You, God. We thank You for Your presence, Lord. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Lord. Mm. Thank You, Lord. Yeah. Okay. People who need breakthrough, come on up here.